Christian, what's your confidence level about how we'll end up the season score wise? <laughs> so I'm not sure. I, I think you might come close to me this week just looking at my last two choices. All right. Um, but I'm pretty sure week seven may stump you. Okay. All right. We'll see what I do for eight and nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we jump right into it? What okay. do you have today? Today we have a perennial graminoid. It's two to three foot tall, two to three foot wide. Native to uh, Massachusetts to Kansas, south to Mexico and Guatemala. And its wetland indicator status is facultative upland. Okay. What, what was the height again? Two to three. Two to three. three. Two to three. Two, two to three. three. Okay. Um. Hmm. That's the grasses are really tough to ask questions yeah. about because they're just there's not enough descriptive stuff yeah. about them. Uh, foliage color. <laughs> it's going to watch uh, be medium green. Oh, wait, it's what? either light green, medium yeah. green, dark green. What is it? It's, include the fall color as well in that. That's your Throws question. A bone I'm trying to. Well, no, not for me. That's, oh, that's so, part okay. of your question. All right, all right. <laughs> dark green uh, during the year, russet to tawny in fall. All right. Okay. Russet to tawny. <laughs> I like that. What's yeah. your question? Oh, man. Um,. I should have something like <laughs> silly, like how deep do the roots go? <laughs> I can find that, but I do not have it. <laughs> that might be my new game because I'm not good at the guessing. <laughs> I might just ask the most ridiculous questions that she can't answer. I have um, a feeling they're they're deep rooted. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for you to describe the the seed. Um. I have stuff all over the place. It's a pink to pinkish red that appears over the foliage in September, November. All right. All right. Okay. Fran, why don't you guess first? I, uh, I have gonna, an idea. I'm going to say Andropogon virginicus. Mm, I was going something similar. I was going to go with a little blue stem. She didn't list any... She said dark green. She didn't list any variability. Uh, yeah, like I would have, right, said, it would right. have had to have said some kind of can vary from green to blue. With this, you remember the seed of broomstead being that like a pink color? I don't. But just given that it's a facultative upland and its range, yeah, I'm thinking it would go that far. It it kind of takes out a lot of the the sedges. Yeah. Let me just um, peek at your paper there, Christina. <laughs> nice try. I don't um, know that I'm I'm not 100% confident, but just based on narrowing it down. I'm going to say we're working as a team. Let's cover our bases and and see if we can have okay. a shot at getting right. this right. Okay. So we have big and little blue stem as our guesses. Oh, he, no, he no, picked uh, Broomstead. I said Broomstead. Oh, and then little blue stem. Yeah. It is pink moly grass. Mm. When she said pink, I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just so disappointed. Yeah. I even asked you about this one in the office. You did. You did. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Happy Hump Day. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And I'm Christine. 
Today's plant is Muhlenbergia capillaris, which is pink muley grass, and also uh, referred to as hairy on muley or pink hair grass. So we were just deliberating just yeah. about the seed. The thing is, like, I know Muhlenbergia, but I don't know it well. So I don't know mm-hmm. its range. I don't know. Oh, yeah, its, yeah. It's indicator status. That I would being have, said, this is one I've been waiting for because it's a really interesting grass. And I was like, at some point, we're going to cover this. And when I'm going to ask about the pink seeds, I'm going to get that handed to me. And I've guess, I think I guessed it before with someone yes, else that pink did. seeds. You did. But and you know, I'm I didn't looking, go with this. I'm, as I'm just looking ahead a little bit, and when we get to it, I'll, I'll point it out. But there was one question I was going to ask that would have completely thrown me off. Because it's not what I'm thinking, but uh, it is a, uh, a perennial graminoid that gets two to three foot tall, two to three foot wide, with a wetland indicator status of facultative upland. It is nary, nary, native to prairies, pine barrens, and open woodlands from Massachusetts to Kansas, south to Mexico and Guatemala. Uh, it is in the Poaceae family, which includes cereal grasses, bamboos, and grasses of natural grasslands and cultivated in lawns and pasture. And the one question I almost asked was salt tolerance, uh, and it has a very high salt tolerance. Uh, the hot and dry conditions of its native, native habitat often lead to a buildup of salts in the soil. So in- interesting. It is also glossy, wiry, thread-like, dark green leaves and stems form an attractive basal clump. Yeah. So I wish I would have just asked about the leaf, not just the leaf color because if I would have heard glossy, wiry, and thread-like – it would have been. It would have yeah, been a game yeah. for me. So, um, this is the the interesting part about this plant is that they has masses of airy, open, and loosely branched inflorescence, which is each uh, twelve inches long, uh, in pink to pinkish red, float above the foliage from September to November. Um, it has that russet to tawny fall color. Uh, the tan seed plumes att- remain attractive in the winter. Uh, and then it's best grown in sandy or rocky, dry to medium moisture, well-drained soils in full sun to light shade. Uh, really does best in full sun. It can be tolerant of heat, humidity, and drought, but generally grows taller with consistent moisture. And it can tolerate poor, poor soils in urban conditions as well. Uh, have you ever used tawny to describe anything as a color ever? Uh, I, I don't know what color tawny is. Either do I. Well, I'm, I'm assuming color. it's brown. <laughs> like it's, russet. Uh, russet, like, also yeah, brown. Yes. <laughs> like russet, I I think I've used. Tawny, I've never used. Um, and this is a plant that we would love to actually – we don't grow it here. We would love to grow it. It's just very hard considering we try to grow everything from seed that we collect ourselves. We have just really haven't been able to locate a, a native stand of this yeah. to, to get it in production. Yeah, for, um, for those – that are wondering what color russet and tawny are. Uh, they're they're very similar. Um, russet is a dark brown with like an orange tinge, and then tawny is an orange brown uh, to yellowish brown color. So all right, if, all of which of you, I can't see. For, yeah, for, I was going to say for for uh, most of the men out there, you are not going to be able to distinguish these. Uh, for the women who can see all those different uh, color palettes much more than I say, you're done with those tests online. It's like well, Fran, this, this, yeah. you're eliminated yeah. already. But I know I've sat down with my wife, and she's like, oh, how many colors do you see? And I'm like, three. And she's like, I see nine. Wow. <laughs> because there's all the different shades of red and blue. And I'm like, they're, they're all blue. They're all red. Yeah. Well, but, I have been enjoying, um, you know, the first time I ever saw brown was 
your family gave me as a present the nursery colorblind sunglasses, and I it was late in the year, so things mm-hmm. were already going dormant. But I was driving to Maryland for a conference, and that day, like he had I, to pull over and use the rest stop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's you know seeing like oak leaves hanging. Yeah. From the tree or a field of broom sedge mm-hmm. in its in its winter color, like was the first time I ever really I'd never seen that color before, so mm-hmm. it was a little overwhelming. Yeah. So, but um, it is a long lived plant uh, with little to no insect or disease pests and highly resistant to deer grazing. It spreads by seed, not rhizomes or stolons, and it's uh, appreciated for the fine fuel potential for burn management programs to reduce understory. Uh, it attracts ladybugs. It has a clumping habit, which makes it eff- excellent for use as wildlife cover, such as nests and shelter for native birds. Uh, it's also known as sweetgrass and has been used for coiled basketry. Uh, the seeds of some species of Muhlenbergia were used to make flour by the Mescalaro and uh, Chiricahua <laughs> Apache Indians. And um, it is best grouped, and this is how I've seen it, yeah. and it's really impressive. Uh, it's best grouped or massed for late season color. Yeah, I've actually seen it in a garden at another another nursery mm-hmm. at, at North Creek. Yeah. And, and it yeah. was just so – I was like, wow, this is something like I love to see. Um, it is good for borders, cottage gardens, or native plant areas, uh, mass for cover of areas with poor soil. Uh, it wor- works really good. When planted in masses, the dramatic effect can take your breath away. I would agree with that because that's mm-hmm. exactly oh, yeah. my first thought yeah. seeing it. Uh, and it's a good sub if you're looking to take out – uh, and invasives or something that can be invasive. Good sub for fountain grass, which is Penicetum allopercuroides, uh, or like Hamlin is like one of the the varieties that's out there a lot. There's Penicetum cetacium rubrum, which is the the red fountain annual fountain grass. This is a good native sub for for those. Awesome. All right, what do you have for us as far as lightning round? A lot of fun. All right. Um, first up is true or false. The plant can be cut back if it gets too tall or floppy. True or false, uh, pink mulligrass was voted the 2012 plant of the year by the Garden Club of America. True or false, take caution when adding this plant to your garden because you must be very hands-on for it to survive. True or false, Pink mulligrass prefers poorly drained soils in the winter. I like when Fran sighs. Uh, it was it was a deep <laughs> breath. It wasn't really a sigh. And our last is multiple choice. Which of the following is the type of fruit this plant grows? Is it called a Hesperida, a Papos, a Caryopsis? Or a mangosteen, Hesperidia, Pepos, Caryopsis, or a mangosteen. All right. I <laughs> this is probably the least confident I've been in any. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a feeling Tom's. I feel like I did okay. Uh, yeah, but it's it's we'll see. All right. Go ahead. First up is uh, true. You can cut it back, but do it in August to avoid impacting the flowering. Next up was true. It was the 2012 plant of the year for the Garden Club of America. 
Next up was false. It needs very little maintenance when grown in the right conditions. And false, it can struggle if drainage is too poor in the winter. <clears throat> Fred, how you doing? I'm four for four. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> All I'm right. that for, for nothing we're going to do well. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. All right. So what did you have as an answer for number five? Um, I forget. It's the one that started with an age. It was the first one. Esperidia. I guessed Pepos. Or either of us is one of us right? Nope. <laughs> All right. So, what are the other it's two choices? Caryopsis or mangosteen? I'll say caryopsis. Tom says mangosteen. This is our tiebreaker. Yeah, it is caryopsis. Mm. Woo! All right. Hesperidia is citrus. Pepos is a honeydew or cantaloupe style, and a mangosteen is a tropical fruit from Southeast <laughs> Asia. <laughs> Did you give Christiane hers for no. this one? No. no. All right. I don't. No, I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to. So, uh, Christiane, is this something you would plant on your property? Yes, because I remember asking you if we had hoped to grow it because I was going to mooch some plants if we were. Yeah. I mean, that the, the two that we hope to add is, is Muhlenbergia and uh, Deschampsia septosa. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, those two I would love to. To be able to say that we could add, mm-hmm. um, Tom. How about you? Uh, I I have it uh, in really? my home garden, and it is done really poorly. It really? is not done well. So I wonder if I just don't have a good spot for it. Because um, uh-huh. I was like, again, I bought it really excited uh, to put this in the garden, and just hasn't looked like much. I'm I've haven't. Even, I was hoping even just to get enough seed, I could collect and start spreading yeah. it around a little bit, and I haven't been able to do that. So. Yeah. It is something I would love to put on my property. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where, but I think I think it would be a good fit. Yeah, like I think it would yeah. be a good fit. I would love a ma- I actually I'd love to do a border around like my property in the back. Whoever owned the house before us mm-hmm. did a lot of. It's all invasives. It's ivies. It's periwinkle, and it's um, I don't know the the uh, hemicallus. Is it fulva the the orange invasive one? And like mm-hmm. they bordered everything with those and they're impossible to, i i thought i dug out a, a part of the hemorrhagalis beautifully and it's, it's still 10 percent is still wow. coming up wow. like i filled three trash cans for an area half the size of this this table and and it's still coming up so i would i would love to do like a mass border planting on my property i think that would be wonderful so i think that's it so we have one more left for the week will christiane stump us we will see. And you thought we were going to get this, didn't you? Well, you both nearly did. Kind of. At least yeah. Tom nearly did. Tom was closer than me. I was trying not yeah. to overthink it. Tom was a little bit closer than I was. Once I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran and Tom, and we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.